This meal is more than mere testimony because the meal itself is a means, a moment of deliverance. In it, we receive the life of Jesus. In it, we receive the grace of Jesus. In it, we receive the presence of Jesus. Grace so that we might be delivered. The life of God so that we might walk in newness of life. The presence of God so that we can stand in the face of temptation. This meal, this Passover meal, is deliverance from bondage for us. But the meal is also a reminder of the confrontation that occurred. The confrontation that occurred between God and Pharaoh, where the question was, whose son will die? God told Moses, when Moses went back to the people, you shall speak to Pharaoh and you shall say, Israel is my firstborn son. Let my son go. And if Pharaoh does not release him, then I will take his firstborn son. There was a confrontation between God and Pharaoh, and the question was, whose son would die? Pharaoh was seeking to kill the sons of Israel. Israel, whom God called his son, and God said to him, if you do not release my son, yours will die. Because of Pharaoh's hard-heartedness, his son had to die so that God's son could go free. This meal, this meal was not an incident on the side, but this meal was the very confrontation between God and Pharaoh. Will you step under the blood? Will you be protected by the Lord? Or will you stand outside and shake your fist in hardness against him? The meal itself was the battleground. And in that battle, God delivered his people, and Pharaoh lost his son. This should astound us. Because when we come to the Passover that we eat tonight, when we come to the Eucharist, when we come to Jesus' redefinition of the meal, we are staggered by the fact that a different son indeed has died. Think of that confrontation between God and Pharaoh so that his people could go free. The enemy's son had to be killed so that the people of God could be delivered. And yet in this Passover, in this new moment, the son who dies is not our enemy, but the one who loves us. Think how the tables have turned. We who were enslaved to sin in rebellion against God, we who were in bondage to the devil, we who deserved nothing and who were absolutely incapable of freeing ourselves, for such as us, God offered his son in death that we might go free. The confrontation has changed. And what an astounding Passover this is. God offered his own son instead of Pharaoh's to free the slaves. We who were slaves not to Pharaoh, but to sin, death, and the devil itself. In this Passover, God offers his son to deliver us. And every time we eat it, we are face to face with that exchange. 
Every time the Jews eat Passover, they are face to face with the exchange where Pharaoh's power was broken through the death of his son so that they might go free. And every time we eat this meal, we hold our hands out. We are face to face with the exchange that a son has been given so that we would be free of bondage. But it's not the son who deserved it. It's one who is pure and holy and good. There's so much to contemplate. There's so much to meditate on. But I want to use our final moments to consider with you a third aspect of what a Passover meal is. It is deliverance from bondage. It is the confrontation over whose son would die. But a Passover meal is also a feast of victory. Passover is a feast of victory because through it, God broke the power of evil and delivered his people. It is a feast of victory because every year, it reminds the Jews of what God did for them. In fact, if you look at their liturgy, they say, when we were slaves in Egypt, it is a testimony of the fact that God has broken the power of evil. It is a feast of victory, a celebratory feast, a statement of God's victory over all. It's a feast of victory for all who would follow him. This feast of victory is redefined by Jesus, but it's still a feast of victory. We come to this table not cowering. We come to this table not in fear, but we come to this table feasting on the victory of God. This is why Jesus linked it to the great banquet to come in heaven. In this feast, all who follow Christ are given the victory of the Lord. This feast of victory reminds us that God has actually won the battle. This is something that we need to hear. When we come forward to receive the bread and wine, it is a statement to you that God has prevailed. He has won the battle. Every time we receive it, we remember this. And every time we receive this, we actually testify it to the world. This may seem strange to you, but demons quake every time the Eucharist is received in faith. Demons quake because every time this meal occurs, a statement is going out to the forces of evil that Jesus has won the victory. You remember that scene in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when Santa Claus shows up in the midst of the winter without Christmas and he gives gifts to the children. And his presence is a sign that the witch's power is breaking. And the very act of giving gifts testifies to all who are around that her power is fading and she will be no more. This feast is like that. It's a feast of victory because we see what Jesus has done. But it's a feast of victory not just because it points forward to what Jesus might do. It's a feast of victory because it actually reminds us of what we are already receiving. Again, in this moment, we receive the very life of Jesus. And in that moment, the devil who would want to devour you shudders because you are claimed by the Lord. In that moment, the life of Jesus is coursing through you 
and the victory is declared. This is why the early church called it the medicine of immortality. This very thing that we consume testifies to all around that Jesus has won. It is a victory feast, and in it, we discover that we are given food unlike any other. The food that is Jesus Christ, God himself. Jesus who cleanses us from our sin. Jesus who strengthens us with his grace. Jesus who promises his presence. Jesus who binds us to himself. All these things occur as we eat this meal. It's a victory feast. One that we do not deserve one that signifies and accomplishes more than we can ever dream. I want to close with a final thought about this Feast of Victory. And really, it's the final thought that I've been aiming at all along. It's the one that grabbed my heart as I thought about this passage. Passover is a feast of victory. In both the first Passover and in Jesus' redefinition of it, It is a feast that says God has won. But the thing that stirred my heart, that grabbed my attention, is that in both of these Passovers, the first one and Jesus' true redefined Passover, in both of these moments, the feast of victory was eaten on the darkest of nights. This is what grabbed me this week. The feast of victory was eaten on the darkest of nights. It was eaten on the night when Pharaoh seemed to be in control. It was eaten under the shadow of darkness when an angel of death loomed. It was eaten when plague after plague had come and yet Pharaoh said, they will not be freed, they will be in bondage forever. It was eaten in a moment of darkness. And in the redefined victory feast, the Passover feast that Jesus gives us, it was again eaten on the darkest of nights. The night when the devil seemed to have complete control, when the very forces who would destroy the Son of God were standing outside the gates to seize him and kill him. This feast, this feast was on the darkest of nights. But on those dark nights, in those moments when all hope seems lost, what did God do? He seated his people at a table and he offered them a victory feast. He offered them a meal of victory, a banquet celebrating what he was about to do, a victory meal when the enemy seemed to have won. This thought stirred my heart this week. And I wanted to close with it because many of us go through nights of deep darkness. There are many of you who have felt the weight of all crash down. Nights when the weight of your own sin, nights when the loneliness of those you have lost Nights when the darkness of the world seem to be all that we can see and all that we can feel. Nights when it seems like the enemy might still win. When we say, is there hope in this world? Nights when all that remains is sadness, 
guilt, and shame. Nights of sorrow, tears, of grief and despair. Nights when we cry out, where is my deliverance? When will it come? It was a night like that. It was a night like that that our Lord seated his disciples around a table and said, eat with me in victory. Eat with me in victory. It was a night like that when Jesus looked at them and said, I have been longing to eat this meal with you because he knew what it meant that victory was in hand, that he was king, and that all would be made new. If the darkness of the night seems great, come eat this feast of victory. If the darkness of the night seems great, remember that our Lord has given himself for our deliverance. A son has been killed in our place. In Jesus Christ, we are victorious. So tonight, this night, my call to you is come to this table again and recognize it for what it is, a feast of victory in spite of the forces of darkness. Amen.